Good morning, my name is Beth and I've been a member here at the Community Church along with my husband Stuart for around 18 years and it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you this morning. So I thought I'd be really self-indulgent, I hope that's okay, and share some holiday photos with you. So last week, Ollie kicked off his talk with an illustration about the beautiful Lake District. And I thought I would share some photos from our family holiday last week in the beautiful Lake District. Now we love the lakes, we love getting up in the hills, but one of the things I love most is seeing Stuart with his boys. Now, Stu is an absolutely fantastic dad. He, <laughs> he loves time with his boys. He loves teaching them stuff. He loves showing them um, the outdoors. And here he is with Benji. He's, they're map reading together. They're working out the contours of the hills around them, and they're finding their route. And the boys absolutely love time with their dad. They enjoy spending time with him. They love learning from him. And they love going on adventures with him. So here they are. Um, they've, Stuart's shown them the route up to Langdale Pikes. And they're scrambling up to the tops. And then this is their reward for um, their kind of following the father, is that they are now on the top of Langdale Pikes. And they've got 360 degree views of hill after hill after hill. And it is glorious. So today, this um, over August, we've kind of got a mini series rooted in the Gospel of John, and it's called Choose Life. And it's about how we um, gain life when we choose God and his ways. And last week, Ollie kicked us off week one by looking at obedience, how we need to let God into our every area of our life. And as we're obedient in our ordinary, we get to see God's extraordinary. And this week, week two, we're kind of dipping behind that obedience and looking at what motivates it. And we've been asked to look at the model we see in the Gospel of John of Jesus' relationship with his father and how he's obedient out of his relationship with his father. So John's great passion is to show us who Jesus is in his gospel. And he shows us that very explicitly that Jesus' identity is the son of God and divine, and that his mission is to bring eternal life. But woven throughout John's gospel, um, again and again and again, as Jesus talks about his identity and his mission, are references to his identity being rooted in the Father and his mission flowing out of his relationship with the Father. Now, Jesus is unique, right? So his relationship with the Father is unique because he's one of the three persons of the Trinity. So he perfectly knows and loves the Father. And his mission is unique because he's come to judge and bring eternal life. So how does that help us? Well, the, um, God is a family, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in John 1, it says, when we believe what Jesus has done for us, that he has um, died in our place, we are given the right to become children of God. So Galatians 4 verse 5, it says, we are adopted into God's family. We are adopted in and become children of God. And that's like a legal standing. We are now his children. But it's hard for us to know how to relate to our new adopted father. And Jesus shows us, he's really kind, he, he helps us by pointing us 
to the model of his own relationship with the Father. And so um, in John 15, he says, just as the Father has loved me, there's the model, so I love you. Just as I am obedient to the Father, there's the model, you be obedient to me. So Jesus points us to the model of his own relationship with the Father. Right, so we've been given a couple of verses in John 5, 19 to 20, and I'm going to read them to you now, and then we're going to dip around a little bit as well. So it says, Jesus gave them this answer. This is John 5, 19 to 20. I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. And I want to give a very brief bit of context to this first. So Jesus has just healed a man um, in Bethsaida by a Paul, a man who's been ill for 38 years. And Jesus brought him healing and he can now walk. But he's done this on the Sabbath and this massively offends the Jewish leaders who say you should not work on the Sabbath. And they criticize Jesus. And what Jesus is doing here, this is his response to their criticism. And his response to their criticism is rooted in his relationship with the Father. And he, and he talks particularly about two things. One, I'm doing this because I'm attentive to my Father and what he is doing. I'm being obedient to him. And two, I'm doing this because I am rooted and secure in my relationship, my identity in the Father and the authority he's given me to bring life to this man. And we're going to look at those two things that motivate Jesus' obedience, his attentiveness to the Father and his security in the Father. So first of all, attentiveness. So he responds to the Pharisees' criticism by saying, the Son can only do what he sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Um, there's a similar verse in John 12, 49. It says, I do not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. Now, I don't know about you, but to me that sounds like, oh, is that a little bit controlling? I can only do what I see the Father doing. Is it a bit robotic? Or um, I can only literally only say what the Father says. Is it a bit like ventriloquism? So the Father's here talking and Jesus has to kind of parrot what the Father's talking. Is that what is going on here? I want to um, take us to another similar verse that might help us. So in John 8, 28, it says, I do nothing on my own, but I speak what the Father has taught me. And I kind of want to land on that word taught, the idea of teaching. And I want to pull out a picture of apprenticeship. Um, and obviously, we've been adopted into, we have been adopted into God's family. And we get to go be apprenticed to Father God. Now, in the first century, Jewish boys, they would have learned about um, the Jewish scriptures and the Jewish law, the Talmud, until around the age 13, where they then would have been often apprenticed into a trade, um, and that might have been with someone in the village or their own father. And this was the case for Jesus, who went, um, probably around 13, um, was apprenticed to his like earthly stepdad, Joseph, who was a carpenter, and Jesus learned carpentry alongside his ongoing studies. 
And this is a really fun picture, okay? So this is the son gets to go and do woodwork with the dad in the workshop. This is a really, really fun picture. I don't know um, about you, but little boys love doing woodwork with daddy, don't they? My boys love that. What, a, a saw and it's sharp and I can cut stuff? That's so cool. So, um, you know, this is a fun picture, but it's more fun when we know the person that we are being apprenticed to. So if you have an apprenticeship with a stranger, you know, that's okay. But if you get to go into the workshop with dad, you know and love, that is very, very cool. And Jesus says um, in John 7:29, I know him, I know the father because I'm from him. I've spent time with him, I know him. And it's also, it's more fun when we trust the person that we're doing our apprenticeship with. So um, I don't know if you've ever had a teacher you don't particularly like, and you're like, well, I don't really like this guy. I don't respect him. I don't really want to learn from him. Or you have a teacher you think, they're not that great at what they're doing. They're not that competent. I don't think they know what they're doing. I don't want to learn from them. But when you've got a teacher that you like and respect, you're like, I want to listen to this guy. And when you've got a, a teacher you think they really know what they're doing, you're like, this guy knows his stuff. I want to watch him and I'm going to like just learn from him. In a way, it doesn't even matter what he's teaching. I want to watch and learn from him. And this is the picture that we get of Jesus, of us in the workshop with the Father. It's like, I know my dad, I know he's good, and I trust him. Jesus says in John 12, 50, I know that the Father's commands lead to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. I trust that when he asks me to do stuff, it's good. It brings life. And so I want to listen. I want to watch and I want to obey. And I think we've got this lovely kind of symmetry here of the son who knows and trusts the father. And the father is like, um, you have to suspend your disbelief that I know what I'm doing here, okay? So the father's like, right, okay, son, we've got, this is the saw and you hold your thumb here, keep it steady, a couple of kind of um, nicks this way and then a steady rhythm. And then the, the son's like, okay, dad, that's really cool. I'm gonna do copy and I'm gonna do it exactly how you're doing it because you know what you're talking about. And so this kind of submission to the Father, because I trust him, and copying and obeying and mirroring, is like, well, Dad, Dad really knows what he's doing, and I'm going to do exactly the same. And you've got this kind of symmetry, because the son is, um, it says he, he, he sees the Father, he watches the Father, he does exactly the same, and then the Father, he's showing. So it says in verse 20, the Father shows the son and uh, everything that he's doing. So the father shows, he teaches, and then he entrusts. So he's like, white son, I've shown you how to do this. Here you go. Right, now, over to you. You'll go. You, I'm going to entrust you with this. And what we see of the father then is kind of these kind of words. The father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son. That's verse 22. Down in verse 26, the father has life and he has granted the son to have life in himself. And he has 
given him authority. So the father, he shows, he teaches, he entrusts, he gives authority. So we've got this lovely, beautiful picture of father and son in the workshop. This is not a slavish obedience. This is beautiful relationship with father God in the workshop of life. And this is not um, just a kind of a one-off, the father... um, kind of entrusts the son and then the son goes off and ignores the father. Well, I'm not listening to you now. This is an ongoing attentiveness to the father and his ways. So Jesus has just responded to the Pharisees by saying, well, my father's working and so am I. In this moment, I'm being obedient and attentive to the father. But then there's, he also says in verse uh, 21, that the father is, will show the son even greater things. So this is what he's doing now, and he will show him even greater things. And that requires an ongoing attentiveness to the father and what he's doing. Now, for us, we need to know the father And we need to trust him. We need to get to know him through the Bible, through his people, spending time with his people, through spending time with him and worship in his presence. And we need to kind of submit and trust his ways, his way of doing things. I'm watching my dad. How does my dad hold his tool belt? Where has he put his, his tools? What are his ways of doing things in the workshop of life? But also, I just want to suggest that this ongoing attentiveness to the Father can look a little bit like this for us. What are you doing now, Father, in any given moment in our day? What are you doing now? What are you doing with this person? What are you showing me? Am I resting? Am I working? What are you doing now? And I think we can develop through the Holy Spirit that attentiveness to the Father and what he's doing. So we're following and copying, trusting that when we do, it brings eternal life. And this is the place of fruitfulness. So Jesus says, I can do nothing. The Son can do nothing by himself. And this is kind of mirrored in John 15, where Jesus is talking about our obedience now. And he says, you can do nothing unless you remain in me. Now, what does that mean? Because, you know, we can do a whole lot of stuff, can't we? We can get busy with a whole lot of stuff. And there's some amazing stuff out, creative stuff out there in the world, beautiful stuff, some not so beautiful stuff that is done without God. So what does it mean that I can do nothing without attentiveness to the Father? And I think it means this. I can do nothing of eternal worth and value, nothing of lasting significance. And if, you know, I can't even remember the stuff I got busy with last year, let alone what's going to last into eternity. And some of the stuff I get caught up with and focused on is just going to dissipate in the fire as I step into eternity. But if I want to do things of lasting value and significance. It requires attentiveness to what are you doing, Father, and submission and copying and obeying what he's doing in each moment. So the first thing that we learn that motivates Jesus' obedience is his attentiveness to the Father and what the Father is doing. The second thing that we learn is um, from Jesus' motivation to obedience is his security in the Father. So 
Jesus' response to the criticism of the Pharisees when they're asking him, you know, they're kind of saying, how dare you do this? How dare you heal this man on the Sabbath? Is to unashamedly say, I belong to the Father. I identify myself with the Father. So he says, my Father is always working. So the Sabbath is given for man to rest because we need it. But God doesn't have a Sabbath day off, does he? When we need him, he's not snoozing if it's a Sabbath. He is always God. He's always working. And so he's above the Sabbath law. And Jesus is saying, and I am too. And that's what drives them crazy because it says in verse 18, he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So his response is rooted in this is my identity. His is the Trinity. Yeah. So I am above these Sabbath laws. And um, it's also unashamedly, it's rooted in his identity in the Father, but it's also unashamedly rooted in the love the Father has for him. So he says in front of all these men, men, I don't know if you find it hard to say the Father loves me. He says in front of all these men, the Father loves the Son. And that's why I'm being obedient. This motivates Jesus' obedience. He says in, um, let me find it, John 14, 31, I love the Father and I do exactly what he's commanded me. John 8, 29, I always do what pleases him. This looks like a son who's totally secure in the father's love for him, that it doesn't matter to him the criticism he's receiving. And he loves the father like little Little boys, they want to please their dad, don't they? Daddy, daddy, look what I've done. He wants to please his father. That's the kind of security he gets. That's real security. Now, we are completely secure. We are adoption is legally secure. And when um, Paul in Galatians 4 verse 5 talks about adoption, he's pointing to a Roman um, picture of adoption where Romans, the Romans, they would um, kind of sometimes adopt actually an adult male into their household in order to secure an inheritance. And this was a legally binding process. The man who came into his newly adopted father's house would leave his old life behind. Even his debts would be erased and he'd take on this new identity of his adopted family. And he had the same legal rights as a birth child. And I've even read, I hope this is right, that a birth child could be disowned, but a legally adopted child could never be disowned. And Jesus reflects this security in John 10, 28. He says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of his hands. So we are utterly legally secure. No one can take us from the father. No one can take our identity as children in the father. But we need to learn to understand that security, to sense that security because that allows us to be attentive to the Father in the workshop of life. Now, how do we grow our sense, our understanding of the security we already have in God? And I, obviously, we, we need to obey the Father. So as we step out in obeying him, in that gap, he shows himself faithful. 
We need to get to know him and what he's like and his ways, and then we become more secure. But I'd like to pull out something else. I think one of the measures of how secure we are in our identity in the Father is when we are being attentive to the moments when he is calling us out of the workshop and in to rest. Now, this can be incredibly painful. I find this very hard. I'm not very good at it. I'm very task-orientated. I get a lot of my kind of sense of worth from like what I'm doing and how the people around the workshop are seeing what I'm doing. And most of the time, I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job. So that doesn't work out very well for me. And so when the father calls me to rest, I'm like, ooh, because then not, people can't, the people around the workshop can't see me busy and working. But if you think you're busy, you think you're busy? Jesus is busy. You think your job is important. Jesus has come to bring eternal life. He heals people who've been ill for 38 years. His job is important. And if Jesus can be attentive and follow his father to rest, then so should we. John 6, Jesus went out on the mountain alone. We see elsewhere in the Gospels, he follows the Father to prayer, to time alone. So here we are, time alone with the Father, and I've got my, I've got my book, I've got my cup of tea, and I've got some probably jazz on the radio. So, and I don't know what your time, this is about enjoying the Father. I don't know what your time enjoying the Father would look like. You know, some art with Jesus, being in the garden with the Father, um, playing the piano with the Father. What does it look like for you to enjoy God? And I, I find this really, really hard. But one thing I try and do just as I'm over there saying, what are you doing in this moment in the workshop, Father? What I try and do here, what I've been trying to do is lean into rest in the Father. Okay, Father, I, I can't work it out. I can't work this stuff out. That's for the workshop. At the moment, I just need your presence, Father. I just, I just need, I'm feeling more relaxed as I'm saying this. I just, I just need you. I just need to lean into you now. I need to lean into the Father. And I would really encourage you to rest in the Father. This is the place of power. This is the place where we learn that our identity is in him, in the Father, and not in the task that we're doing in the workshop. And our security that we find in the rest with the Father enables us to be attentive to the Father when obedience is challenging. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you, God. So here we are. It's more challenging to follow the Father when the mist comes up. The mist came up halfway through. Our trek up to Langdale Pike comes in quickly. And Jesus is attentive to the Father and his fathering when it's challenging in this moment. So he heals this man. We Rewind, sorry. Last week, Ollie... Um, talk to us about obedience when um, it goes against our rational e uh, expectations. And here, Jesus is attentive and obedient when it goes against cultural expectations. So Jesus heals this man on the Sabbath, but also on a Jewish holy day. There's a double whammy. And then he tells the man to pick up his mat 
on the Sabbath and walk. And this is what massively offends the Pharisees because they say, our rules and regulations say, you should not pick up your mat on the Sabbath and walk. Now, do you think the Father God didn't know this? Do you think it's a coincidence that Father God asked Jesus to heal this man on the Sabbath and on a Jewish holy day? Is it a coincidence that Jesus asked this man to pick up his mat and walk? So that Jesus has got, Father God has given the people of God rest, but the Jewish people have, um, have added loads of laws and regulations in an attempt to please and earn their way to God. This is not a coincidence. What I believe God is doing here, what I believe Father God is doing here, what Jesus is saying here in his answer to the Pharisees is, eternal life is found in me. It is not found in human laws and regulations. So by being attentive to the Father, not only what he's doing, but the timing of doing it in this moment. This man's been ill for 38 years. It was on the Sabbath that Jesus chose to heal him. By being attentive to the timing of the Father, he reveals a profound truth that life is found only in Jesus Christ. And this draws massive criticism from the Pharisees, who it says they persecuted him. Another um, version says they hassled him, they harassed him. And in that moment, Jesus' identity is secure. The Father loves me. And let's face it, Jesus' attentiveness to the Father and his security in who he is in the Father takes him to the ultimate obedience, which is obedience to the cross. He says, you're going to all leave me alone, John 16, but I am not alone because the Father is with me. And so in the workshop of life, when we um, obedience is hard and it goes against cultural expectations, whoa, you're saying Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? That is massively offensive in our culture. And we, are, we can be attentive to the Father and secure in the Father even when it draws criticism and even when it takes us out on a limb on our own because we have that security in knowing we are not alone. We are, our identity is rooted in him. And I'd just like to end by saying we are secure because if we believe what Jesus has done for us on the cross in taking our sin and dying in our place, we are given the right to become children of God. And our adoption is totally secure. We can never be snatched out of his hands. But we can develop our understanding of that security and we can develop our attentiveness each day to the Father. And that grows a resilience to be obedient to God in the workshop of our lives when obedience is challenging and hard. Now, I don't know if there's anyone here who is not a Christian. If you are wanting to find out more about being adopted into God's family, or it stirs in you, you want to find that security that we get by belonging to the Father and being in his love, come and chat to me afterwards, or you can go um, over to the welcome corner and talk to somebody there. But for the rest of us, I would like to leave you with this. In your week, let's develop attentiveness to the Father. What are you doing in this moment, Father? What are you showing me? And let's develop our understanding of the security that we have in the Father by being attentive when he is calling us to rest.